Comic Book Savant, episode Welcome back to the Comic Books of Art podcast. I'm your host, James Harris. This episode, we're going to be doing a comic book discussion. We're going to revisit the topic I do every so often where I talk about physical comics versus digital comics, singles versus um, singles or floppies versus um, graphic novels or trade paperbacks. Uh, and the, the state of the, the comic book industry, we hear so much and we've had so many people throw out um, the the comic book industry is dying, is falling off. But some reports that were uh, released about a month or a month and a half ago um, kind of states otherwise. Now the channels in which we um, get our comics now that is changing, and that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. But before we get into that, as always, I like to give a shout out to my brother from another mother, Mr. Heath Holland, over at Serial at Midnight. You know we do. Uh, episodes here, Spinner Rack Bros, and we also do a collaboration uh, videos on his channel, YouTube channel, which you can find at uh, youtube.com forward slash Serial at Midnight. Also, he has a website, Serial at Midnight. I have the links on the website, but I will also post them here on the posting for this episode on the on the front page of the website as well. So if you have not checked out, if you listen to the podcast we've done here, definitely implore you to go over to his YouTube channel to see the video collab videos we we do uh, there. Um, he just broke uh, 10,000 subscribers over on YouTube. Uh, give him a mad shout out and congratulations for that. He does really great content. Some is comic book related. He does movies, television. He covers so much just in the whole area of uh, the pop culture phenomenon around medium and movies, books, uh, music. He just covers it all. So definitely check him out. Um, I think you really enjoy the content. And like I said, um, I've known him for almost as long. I've met him as him being a listener to the show. Uh, we be- became friends and I've known him for, I've been doing the show for like 14 years or about to be 14 years. I've known him from at least 12 or 13 of those years um and he's been a great friend so definitely if you have a moment check him out let him know that you heard about him here over on comic book savant uh show him some love because you know definitely he does great content over there so if you have a moment uh check that out so like i was saying about this what i want to focus on in this episode what i wanted to have this discussion or spark a discussion about hopefully is the state of the comic book industry we keep hearing it's failing it's going to crumble and we found out that that's not so much the case this report came from uh let me make sure i find the source here um it was an annual report that was prepared by um icv2's milton uh, grape grape and um, uh, comic uh, Cron's uh, John Jackson Miller that was released that comic book and gra- graphic no- um, graphic novel sales bounced back from from uh, 2017 sales slump uh, to have their best year ever in 2018. 
Um, also, I'm just making some bullet. I'm just going over some bullet points from this report because it was very eye opening because you will hear in different corners about the comic book industry failing, but it's just, it's shifting and, and we're going to go deeper into that. But this, here's some more bullet points from this report because I didn't make up these numbers on my own. I checked out this report and thought this was very interesting. Uh, combined sales in all channels were, um, one point zero nine five billion up eighty million from twenty seventeen and a tad up from twenty uh from twenty sixteen's uh one point zero eight five billion uh so it definitely lets you know is not is 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 doing rather well um now, however, the high number includes some new sales channels that are now opening up in the market that are being included in these reports that weren't being included before. Um, mainly um, for the estimated sales in the U.S. and Canada, uh, this new sales, excuse me, sales channel that is being included now is from crowdfunding sites. We have a lot of Kickstarters and things like that, that that a lot of creators are going through that weren't being accounted for in previous years that are now being accounted uh, for in the sales numbers that are very important. That should have probably been included before now, but it's good we're seeing that because now the more different diverse sales channels you include in these reports, you can get more accurate numbers. People are buying comics in so many different ways now um, that all of the avenues need to be included. Um, now, sales in the, the book channel and digital sales were up in 2018 uh, from the report. Uh, comic shops, though, were down from their highs of 2016, but uh, still up a lot. Um, they're still up. Um, excuse me. So they said, the report said that comic shops, though, were down from their highs of 2016, but still up a lot from 2018. So, you know, it's, it's getting, it's kind of tailing off a little bit in comic shops. And we do know that because we hear a lot of local comic shops are closing down, shutting down. Um, so you, you see that shift in certain channels, but when you look at comic shops, you gotta, they, this includes things like online retailers like you have mega mega sites like you know amazon is is getting more and more involved in in um comics physical and digital they own comiXology which is one of the biggest digital uh retail online retailers on the internet you have mail order services like in stock trades and, and um in stock trades as well as um, discount comic book service, which they both own, that accounts for a big part of the market. And it's more and more of those companies even. And I feel like with certain comic shops, smaller comic shops that don't evolve or adapt to the new technologies, like you have like, um, you know, um, the comic shops in L.A. that, um, you know, they have lounges, coffee shops and comic book shops. You have like... Um, but is it Midtown Comics in New York? They do digital as well. You know, they sell comics online as well as they have their physical store locations. So you have to get real creative and diverse when it comes to that realm, I think, to survive in this climate um, when it comes to, to comics. So I think that that you have to evolve and then comics have shifted because so much media now, be it carts, animation, um, live action, movies, television, animated television 
um, that people you're getting so much new fans from this that they're buying their comics and not necessarily buying comics, but they're buying things like graphic novels. That channel has accounted for so much new sales and the new people coming into comics. They're not going because they don't know where to start in comics. So if you can point them or reference a a graphic novel or trade, most people are going towards that. So it's shifting. It's not that people aren't buying comics. It's just that they're not buying as many single comics and they're finding them different places. If you go easily on Amazon, click a button and you can get it that same day or within two days at your front doorstep. It's a lot easier than trying to hunt down a comic shop. Um, the prices, you know, you, most of the time when you buy online, you get some kind of discount. You save some kind of money than the cover prices that you're going to get in the um, bookstore per se directly, um, unless you're a part of a membership program of some sort. So it shifts so much. So it's just the different mindset. So it's not, again, so when that terminology gets thrown out that the comic book industry is dying, it is not. It is thriving just in different channels. Digital um, crowdfunding is is so it's shifting it, the paradigm is shifting on that and we just have to get our it's yeah the traditional sense of the experience we had growing up going into a store in a spinner rack and pulling up comics um is is th- that is dying in a way and you saw different initiatives like um dc with their walmart where they were doing the reprints the um uh he did a great video on this um i never got any um um, it, I never got a chance to see them personally outside of his video. He did a video. Um, I'll, we'll try to find the link to that particular video where I can't remember what they were called. They were the Walmart, like 90 page giants where they did like a Batman one, Superman one, I think justice league where it was like this big, uh, like reprints. And he had, um, like a little section that was a current story, um, that was in it that you could get reprints from, um, like, um, compendiums kind of sort of, um, that you can, get. I, I think they're still doing them. It was a Walmart exclusive thing that they were doing. He picked up the first like group of them and reviewed them and talked about them in detail. Again, since I do more digital than physical, I never was able to get my hands on any of them. But again, he, he did a great video, which I will link to in the post for this as well. So you can check that out. Um, but I thought it was cool that, so things like that, because that is the market where people, where the books are thriving. So they are, that's why you see graphic novels are being in, and things like, um, omnibuses and reprints like that are being pushed so heavily. Now we're seeing things as being reprinted and repackages repackaged so much now because that's the market where it's thriving that's why they keep doing it uh and those you know and the weight we would have from single issues to a trade are getting lesser for certain companies like you know like especially like image has cornered the market on that where like you know walking dead the six issues come out that trade is out like the next month after that six issues finish and then once a year you get that nice um uh hardcover that has like the year's worth of issues in it you know they have really um did a great job in manifesting that whole transition marvel still has like some time it's it's a wait for that trade to come out it's not as quick it's quicker than it has been in the past but that's why you see that that's where the industry is starting to shift so again we need reports like this to come out and those channels being opened up and reported properly um um 
for us to really, when we talk about these things, that we're informed in what we're talking about. So I'm glad this report came out and I had a chance to look over it to base the, you know, the topic of it. Um, now, the report also states um, the report doesn't list actual sales from 2017 and 2006 in comic shops. But looking at part uh, at part report, uh, excuse me. Okay, so let me read this again. The report doesn't list actual sales from 2017 and 2016 in comic shops. But looking at part of the report, it was $515 million in 2017 and uh, $570 million in 2016 compared to uh, 510 million in, in, uh, 2018. So again, it, um, it is dipping, but it's, it hasn't dropped totally out of the picture, but we do, like I said, we do hear thing that comic shops, a lot of comic shops, smaller comic shops, again, are failing and drifting away, but then we're seeing more innovative concept of, um, I've seen, you know, I, and I watch a ton of YouTube and I see, um, uh, one reviewer, uh, I was watching one video. He does food reviews. He's in the um, New Jersey, Philly, New York area. So he reviews different things that he found this cool comic shop that had was a comic shop primarily, but it had like um, you could get Danishes, you could get coffee. You, you know, I heard about a lot of that stuff in LA, like their lounges or like even um, when I was still in North Carolina, they were bigger comic shops that, you know, they also sold games and cards and they would have gaming tables set up and they would have tournaments for, you know, for magic and Pokemon and all, you know, all those different card games and even board games too. So it was like a, a communal space, a comic shop. I went to, um, when I was living in Connecticut back in, uh, 2010, um, they, they did a similar thing. Their comic shop was set up like that. They had a big gaming thing and it was always people in the back in that area playing card games and stuff, as well as buying comics. Um, so, you know, those type of things, they, they have to innovate if they want to stay alive. It's like, you know, you evolve or you die. It's one or the other. And that goes on the different comic shop owners, uh, to, to do that. But again, they have, competition coming from everywhere like mega retailers that offer great discounts like in stock trades amazon uh dcbs where you you're ordering comics and getting great discounts and they're shipped to your doorstep that's a lot to compete with so you definitely have to be innovative to to do it you know digital comics you know as i and i stated this before as i started opening up and expanding um, the, the, from the podcast, doing the YouTube and even the stuff I cover, uh, on Patreon and interacting with so many different fans from not just here in the U S and I think certain times too, that our scope is so small because we only think about it in our own country. I have so many people that have reached out to me and I've met other YouTubers that I found in the comic book space that my, my, my uh, friend, Dan Ho, uh, Daniel, Dan Ho comics. He has a YouTube channel. He is in, he's in Europe. He's in, uh, I always forget where Daniel's at. Um, is he in Stockholm? 
I think he's in Stockholm and like he talks about, you know, the struggles he has to go through. Comics are so more expensive locally for him, but he can get good deal. And he, he finds like on certain message boards and from friends even that like he buys comics, you know, secondhand or he trades some, but then he still orders from DCBS and not DCBS, but in stock trades. But, you know, again, sometimes the weight he has to take to get comics because they're shipping all over, you know, with customs and everything like that. It's, you know, it's a chore, you know, in itself, and it definitely makes it tough. So he talks about that a lot as well, which is really dope because it allows you to get such a wider perspective and it's not as easy. We're not the only, um, you know, comic fans out there. It's so many more people out there that it is not as easy to get a hold of comics uh, for them that, you know, we don't account for. You know, a lot of times, so it is is so, um, you know, so interesting that the struggle that other, you know, that other people, other people in other countries that com- it's comic book fandom is not just centralized here in the U.S., even though most of the major publishers are all U.S. based publishers. Fandom extends movies, the internet, all that has made our community way more tight knit, even though spread all across the world. And I think those things we need to acknowledge that's where digital comics become a convenience. It saves on cost. It saves on flexibility storage. You know, when you travel, like, you know, for me, the, the big, one of the big turning points for me, um, was traveling. I, you know, once I got remarried to my current wife, um, we, I do more traveling now later in my life where before I didn't do a lot of traveling and I always wanted to take comics cause I didn't know when that bug would hit me when I would want to read. And it was hard trying to figure out well, what trades or, you know, what omnibus I'm going to take And it. And you got to lug it around. And if you travel internationally, you got to go through customs and you lugging that stuff around. You don't want to have it in your luggage. So you might have it in your carry on. So, you know, you're lugging all of it around and it just got annoying and, you know, I didn't want my books to get damaged. So digitally where I can either pull up on a, you know, an iPad or some t- a tablet of any sort, uh, even my phone, um, you know, and read comics and I could have my whole collection like at my fingertips as long as I had an Internet connection to download something. I could buy and read something immediately at my whim without the the hassle of carrying or potentially damaging a physical copy of a book that I cherish a lot. So that is what lent me over. For people that are living in different places, it might take too long if ordering or the price can might get expensive, not, you know, because of shipping in other countries, um, that it's, you know, to go online digitally and buy a comic is way more convenient. Um, you know, even though I buy digitally, I'm finding myself more now just because of uh, the amount of comics I buy, um, you know, for just stuff that I like, stuff that I want to review, stuff I want to check out. Um, you know, I'm shifting more to graphic novels and I'll just wait because I read so much. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a better job in reading comics. So it's easily, it's way easier for me to buy trade digitally than single issues. Now I will still buy single issues. Like if it's a good sale that comes up and it's just like a bargain where I can get issues for like 80, 
you know, because I see certain sales now that come on Comixology where, you know, like I can get issues when they have the right sale on. I can get issues for 84 cent an issue. You know, now will I be some months behind in a book? Sure. But I'm not paying three ninety nine for that issue when it first comes out. I'm waiting months later till it comes on sale. I could stock up and read more of comics and get more bang for my buck. Um, but then certain times, too, when certain sales come up, I can get certain trades for anywhere from, you know, $2.50 to, like, I get the IDW um, collection, beautiful um, uh, ultimate editions that come out of books that has, like, a year's worth of comics for 10 bucks, you know, nine bucks, nine ninety nine, nine eighty nine. So, um, and I can get trades from two fifty to 10 bucks. Most of the time I don't venture to mark far over 10 bucks where that same physical trade might cost me double that at least, you know, easily. Um, and then you have the thing where you have to worry about storage and room and all these other kind of things, which if you have the room for it, it's awesome. I feel like if I wasn't in an apartment and I was in a dedicated home that, that I owned and I had a comics room, maybe down the road at some point I might collect physical comics, but I just like the convenience of digital so much. I can't really see myself. If I would, it would be just very select things that I would buy like some omnibuses, some absolute editions that just look awesome on the shelf that I would want to, you know, have pull out on a special occasion and get that physical feel. I don't hate physical comics. It's just logistically for me and my personal situation, digital works better. And it's still a debate, but we see the numbers are growing in, you know, um, trades are becoming more popular. Digital crowdfunding, with some you get a digital copy with crowdfunding, like depending how far you back it, you might get a, a free preview of art digitally. Then they send you a nice, you know, bound hardcover edition, depending how far you supported that crowdfunding. That crowdfunding is becoming bigger and bigger as a bigger component in the industry where they couldn't deny it any further and they had to include it. And, and these reports now that come out that are, you know, gauging the industry and how we're moving in the industry. And I love that because there are so many different avenues. They all need to be included because it just shows how diverse. It's just not comic shops anymore. For us, when we were growing up in our generation, if you're my age, I am, uh, what, how old am I? 43, about to be 44 in August. You know, so it, it shifted. That was the only way. Like, you went to a gas station, it was a spinner rack, or you had a kind of hole-in-a-wall comic shop. Comic shops have even evolved. Um, if they wanted to stay relevant, they evolved to these different hybrids that I've talked about. Uh, so, you know, they don't just sell comics. They sell comics apparel. They sell statues. They sell, you know, comic memorabilia. So it's, it's it, it has changed. And the landscape is going to continue to change as time goes on. These movies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're bringing more and more new fans. So the companies have to stay relevant in presenting the, the material as many varied ways as possible. But that book channel is everything. That's what is pushing the industry forward. Unfortunately, it's not comic shops because comic shops still have a stigma to them that they're not for new comic readers and comic fans. Some do a good job on events like free comic book day that they try to make it, um, inviting to families and to new readers. But in most cases, it's been a lot of reports. And I, when I talked about this before, I saw a report about, um, 
it was maybe NBC or CNBC. I saw it on YouTube. Um, and it was an interesting thing about a lot. They were polling different people and, a, you know, a lot of younger people that were getting into it, either from their parents, like people like my age that handed it down to them, or they saw a movie or a television show that prompted them to get into comics. And a lot that said, when I went to a comic shop, I didn't feel inviting. So I used, you know, like a comicsology, or I used like a DC universe or Marvel unlimited to get into it. All those channels are relevant because they're bringing people in um and again this you have to be you know innovative um to to keep doing that and i think that's where we're going to strive and you know the comic shops that i feel like that are surviving or thriving do a better job in innovating all these other aspects and making it more invite invitable to new uh, new readers and families to bring them in you know dc diversified their imprint um, I was in when I was doing research for this, you know, a year ago, I think maybe San Diego last year where, you know, DC did this big announcement where they're going to have black label. They were going to have Zoom for kids and all that. They what they found is that it was too much for people to follow this imprint, that imprint. So they're diversifying it back down to they're going to keep black label. But like Zoom and Wonder and all that were with like their kid friendly. Those books have been very successful, especially in the book channel market. So they're reducing it down to um, what did the report say? Black Label, DC Universe, and and then like DC Kids is what like their three imprints. They're doing away with like Vertigo, um, all this, the, all the other different imprints they had, and just narrowing it down so it's not so confusing to the consumer. Uh, but they're, but those young adult books, graphic novels, like they did um, a few that already hit. One was uh, Myrna, Queen of the High Seas or something like that, did extremely well. And a, a few other ones that they noted in the article. And I think that's amazing. Um, so you have to, you know, game has to recognize game. And we have to, you know, we have to stay on board. And we have to, as comic fans, I feel like if instead of complaining about that the industry's dying go do something about it that's why i shifted the whole focus of everything that i talk about now as being a resource in trying to be complementary to pulling people back into the hobby and introducing them to the hobby even my grandson you know he's um seven going on eight you know like i'm slowly as he i feel like he's he, when he gets a little bit older that i will start introducing him into you know like kid-friendly you know trades that i feel like he's comfortable reading i might actually pick him up some because uh me and my wife have to buy him some stuff for summer reading and i might try to find somebody like these dc kids kids books he loves um and the one thing um he loves teen titans go and you know so that was one thing because i know about teen titans and you know he loves cyborg and he's like booyah I and mean, he even dressed up as a uh, cyborg for halloween this past year um, and when he visited me last year, when the Teen Titans Go movie came out, um, I took him to go see that. And when I was in Connecticut, because it was the first time I had seen him since last year, um, you know, I took him to see Secret Life of, you know, Pets. And he's getting more into the movies and, and the media and, and things of that nature. So I'm slowly and starting to slide some comics his way. That's how we'll keep this hobby alive by sharing them with people. You know, my wife has become a huge comic book fan per se she doesn't read every comic but she likes like the legend of Korra books because we watched that anime together she actually introduced me to avatar then when um avatar the last air well, avatar the last airbender she got me into that 
cartoon series. Then when they did Legend of Korra, um, because it was a sequel in that same world, it turned me on to it. We watched it together. Um, when the show ended, they have started doing a series of original graphic novels. She reads and enjoys those. She watches all the Marvel movies. We go see all the Marvel movies. We went to go see Dark Phoenix. Um, you know, she loves the MCU movies. We go. We went to go see Shazam. We go see every movie. Every movie I review, my wife is with me. I don't go by myself. I watch. We watch them together as a couple. And because of that, she's become like a huge comic fan in that way. She watched certain TV shows. She likes the DC direct animated movies. She'll watch those as well. Um, so those are the ways that we will keep the industry alive. Um, and we got to hope on the other end that, you know, you know, we talk about comics prices. They're getting so expensive. They are. They definitely are. Um, but, you know, we have to be, you know, mindful of how we spend our bucks and stretch our bucks. You know, like I've gotten real inventive. I am thrifty as all get out. Like I will wait for a comicsology sale and I will be saving and scrimping my pennies. And when I see a good deal, I pounce like. I pounce like I don't know what on it and will buy up some stuff. So I have plenty, you know, to read, but I wait till those sales come around. If I don't see a good deal, I don't buy anything. I got plenty to read in the meantime to catch up on and read. Um, so, you know, I, I pick and choose my spots wisely and, and load up when I can in those instances. So I think all that comes into play with it all, with it all being said and done. That's really all I have to say on the topic. Like I said, I thought this report was super interesting and it shows that, you know, again, a lot of people say the industry is dying. The industry is dying. Is it anyone um, really looking at these numbers? You know, like I said, now we, we're seeing reports like this become public to shine, you know, a different light on maybe the industry. It, it needs it still definitely needs to improve where no one is under any illusion here that it's still approve, uh, improvements that need to be made, pricing, uh, quality of books, things that we've talked about before. But again, the, the, the sales channels are opening up and diversifying. So yes, on one front, we might see it uh, slowly dying out to what we know as traditional, but it's different times. So, and it's a different generation. We're not the target anymore. So, you know, people are going to go through different channels to, to look and to find and to buy this content. And you have to make it as available on as many channels as possible. If you want it to continue to thrive, which the, you know, the comic book companies have been doing. Uh, so, you know, we have to wait and see, it's still going to take some time, but I feel still think with these other channels, digital is going to continue to grow. You might see that shift that you're going to see the comic shops dying out, uh, for the ones, especially that don't evolve, that you're going to see more of these things close down, but then you might start seeing other things sprout up like these online mega stores, like a, a, um, you know, a DCBS, which is physical and digital, you know, they have a, they do physical comics. They have a physical comic shop and they have an online retailer that they ship out a physical and they have a, a, a service where they, they have a, they sell digital as well. So, you, you know, definitely diversification is a major component of it. I want to hear what you guys feel about this. So like I said, you can email me at comicbooksavine at gmail.com. If you're in the message group, I talked about the message group before. It is uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Savant Society. 
Um, you request to become a member. I will approve it. Uh, you definitely want to hear feedback on this episode and what you guys think and what things, you know, tell me what your situation is. You know, do you buy more digital now where you used to buy more physical or do you, you're steadfast, steadfast on, uh, <coughs> excuse me, on physical comics. And that's just your ride or die. You know, let me know. I think it's a big conversation to be had here. Hopefully in this episode, I sparked your, your thought about it. And I would like to hear from you on it. So, again, you can always hit me up at the website, comicbooksavant.com. Um, Instagram is at comicbooksavant. And that's all I really have. If you guys like the content that I create here, uh, consider becoming a Patreon. You can find the page at patreon.com forward slash comicbooksavant. Um, merch store is up and running. Is uh, teespring.com forward slash comic book savant. I have links to everything on the website as well. Uh, so you can just click on the link there and check all that stuff out if you don't remember the URLs that I'm telling you. Also, before I go, check out my friend uh, Heath Holland over at Serial at Midnight. Great content there. And that's all I have for you guys for this episode. As always, I'm your host, James Harris. This is the Comic Book Savant Podcast. And until next time, I will catch you guys later. You guys stay safe and have a good week. Take care.